Thaddeus Ellenberg presents Casual Friday. Written and read by Thaddeus Ellenberg. Examining Subgenres in Contemporary Literature. The following is a detailed collection of modern literature's more obscure subgenres. Agripunk. Based on the works of science fiction author and avid conservationist F.W. Townsend, including but not limited to The Space Corn Famine and Green Thumb, A Martian's Calling, this unmistakable subdivision of speculative fiction portrays interplanetary farming and is usually depicted in the style of 1930s retrofuturism particularly the Dust Bowl. That is to say, poor migrant workers tilling moon fields with lasers and hover mules. Agripunk typically deals with the internal and external struggles of space cultivation during a time of extreme intergalactic suffering. Common motifs include poverty-stricken families of multiple generations living under the same space dome, with a minimum of three bedridden members speaking nonsense and constantly claiming they've found lunar change on the floor. A young and merciful protagonist with wishful thinking and a private desire to leave home, while at the same time feeling compelled to stay and help by opening a small niche boutique. And a greedy and unrelenting bank owner with a habit of smoking cigarettes from his ear. Gummy Fiction Emerging during the jelly candy craze of the 1980s, gummy fiction utilizes human and animal form convections to convey a story, typically of an allegoric nature. Created in response to the U.S.'s relations with the Soviet Union, these stories rely heavily on the threat of all-out nuclear war, paranoia, and the concern of a potential homeland invasion. That and a fear of being gobbled up by the grass monster, as was the case in the 1980s satirical novel Land of Milk and Honey in a Red Sun. Reminiscent of fairy tales, gummy fiction employs magical and fantastical elements to conceal its didactic subtext. Television shows like The Gummies and Gelatinosaurs are considered the most recognizable examples of this category. Although they appeal to children through animated slapstick and seeing their favorite candies come to life, they draw on Cold War issues and use early home computing era technology, e.g. Papa Gelatinosaurus haphazard tinkering and speech synthesis and artificial intelligence, which has provided the family with countless bumbling misadventures over the years. Molar Court a term coined by Huxley Awards winner Bruno Cassius, Molar Court is a subgenre of erotic literature. It describes fictional or factual narratives, typically with a trashy and formulaic makeup, which follows the messy, interpersonal, and often melodramatic goings on at dental practices. Featuring strong themes of promiscuity, Molar Court deals in explicit sexual fantasies and taboos in matters of proper sterilization. Similar to soap operas, the lives and relationships of characters are intertwined with bubblegum flavor floss or spearmint, from doctors and dental hygienists to patients and overnight janitors. Additionally, in a 1996 article from the Stiletto Forum, an item later republished in the Hughes Dental Journal, Cassius stated that although some works venture beyond the clinical backdrop for something a little more exotic, such as a laboratory setting, 
which would most likely incorporate a sultry technician and a porcelain dental bridge, most molar court stories are kept in-house and do not require patient participation, a common misconception within the genre. Cassius declared that some of the foremost examples of molar court involve torrid liaisons between staff members and occur unbeknownst to patients, awake or sedated. Inanimate Realism The brainchild of Holly M. Teague, author of both the Living Room and the Examination Room series, these high-concept works of true-to-life fiction address the old expression, if these walls could talk. Inanimate realism tells a story through the perspective of inanimate objects and structures, typically furniture and walls. In a celebrated novel by retired Monsignor Anthony Kettleman, The Price of Hollowed Ground, the harrowing story of a desperate clergyman and his fight against a corrupt mayor, is told through the point of view of a brass candlestick. However, it was in the sequel Escape from Hallowed Ground, in which Kettleman gave voice to a wooden crucifix, paving the way for religious inanimate realism. Since then, this subgenre has seen the likes of science inanimate realism, nature inanimate realism, although widely disputed throughout the major branches of biology, and the less familiar, circa 1960s, television inanimate realism, which in more cases than not consists of an unrelated storyline running parallel to that of the main story, signifying that the novel's perspective is coming from a television set that's currently on. Garb Literature Garb literature uses fashion to express its ideology, which it achieves through a myriad of specific and intricate subsections. Early examples of this stylized subgenre are ugly sweater fiction and linen stories, which follow wealthy young adult males who reject their family's money to live out their days in a tropical setting, playing the ukulele and sanding beach rowboats while wearing baggy white linen pants. Essayist Maxine Vaughn first referred to these leisure-inspired works as preplit on the pages of College Beat magazine during an expose on early adulthood entitlement. Though its current coinage can be attributed to the works of college dropout and heir to the Fizz Soda fortune, Derek Rockmore, author of such celebrated works as The Lime and the Coconut and Beach Weevil, Rockmore gave a much-needed voice to the children of the country's 1% families shedding light on the shared burden of forced schedules and overly attentive servants. Another of these observed subsections is known simply as metalworks, and features the presence of medieval armor as everyday casual wear. These stories usually contain an overwhelming amount of onomatopoeia and scenes of accidental female nose-severing by men wearing helmets with snapping visors in the front. Though the most prominent and imitated use of fashion-driven literature comes from the mind of French novelist Gaston Favreau, whose public views on nudity guided the illustrious writer's works with an ironic hand. Favreau places his characters in restricting and bulbous clothing to express their anxieties and inner struggles, typically in a nature setting. Though Favreau's most haunting images come from the pages of a short fiction work entitled Chauffois, or as it's known under its English title, The Laundromat. Fooey Fiction Fooey fiction is a derivative of literary nonsense in which the author attempts to mislead the reader through lies and a series of grammatical devices, such as misspellings and improper syntax. The intent of this subgenre is solely for the author's own amusement and is in no way meant to either be understood or enjoyed by the reader. The earliest record of fooey fiction 
comes from the 18th century English poet Alan Key when he published his now legendary poem, North is Always Up. A blend of sarcasm, gibberish, and mental masturbation, these works, as stated by renowned literary critic and national scruples champion Lena Townsend, are typically the result of literary laziness and word count, void of purpose and narrative agenda. An assertion refuted by well-known contemporary fooey fiction author J.P. Paget in his 1983 essay, Words in the Bottom Line, A Love Affair. Paget states, The purpose, as Miss Townsend so flagrantly declares lazy and irrelevant, is and has always been on the subject of deception and misinformation in the literary sense. In the months following this statement, Paget published his most celebrated and authentic work, Humans Have Rainbow Toes. Mistaken for satire, fooey fiction is not meant to be humorous or even coherent. It is an examination of impulse rather than wit, as demonstrated in the collective works of Lester Wyatt in his exceptional series, Monkey Poo Poo Gaga Foo Foo, a nine-volume series ranging from animal sounds to a brief history of upholstery and containing intermittent baby talk. This has been a production of Thaddeus Ellenberg's Casual Friday. Written and read by Thaddeus Ellenberg. With an introduction by Nicole Kalasich. And artwork by Adrian Lobel. This series is independently produced by Thaddeus Ellenberg and Will Scoville. To find more episodes and information, visit our website at casualfridaypodcast.org or email us at contact.casualfriday at gmail.com.